1: I want to send a quick shout-out to uh, Dave Fitchick. Dave Fitchick, one of the great detectives at the 100th Precinct in Rockaway. I love all those guys. I love cops everywhere. No one loves cops more than me, nobody. But uh, those guys specifically, I get to see those guys in the neighborhood now. And good folks, the 100th Precinct, uh, our precinct there, Lewis, in Rockaway. Dave Fitchick, one of their top detectives. They listen to this show every morning. They never miss it. Never miss it. Thank you, Dave. And uh, now Baker Mayfield. He won the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma, came into the NFL, was going to be this uh, next great quarterback, and now he's on his third team in two years. And uh, what would that team be, Philip?
0: That's the L.A. Rams, baby.
1: I watched the Rams against Seattle this Sunday, and, of course, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, and they were in the Super Bowl four years ago. They lost to the Patriots with Jared Goff, who's now the Lions quarterback. So two Super Bowls in like three or four years. They win it last year. But Stafford is hurt, and he's out for the year. He hasn't been very good this year anyway. And they've been using these guys, Wolford and Gibson. So does Mayfield become McVeigh's starter right away? Um, probably not right away. They said he might play this week, All right. this weekend, but uh, probably not right away. But He I was mean, in Carolina, and they benched him for Sam Donald. Their season's pretty much over. Yeah, they're done. They're actually on pace to have the worst record ever after a Super Bowl win. That's correct, cool. yes. Very good. Nice job out of you. Thanks. All right, my next guest, of course, is a dear, dear friend for the better part of four decades. I always say him and Rudy, the two best politicians in the history of New York, Long Island's own Congressman Peter King, who also served Homeland Security. He's done so many great things for our state, for our country, and he's a super guy, and he's got a very emotional morning coming up. He's going to do the eulogy for a dear friend of his in less than an hour. With that said, here he is, the great Peter King. Pete, good morning. How are you, pal?
0: Hey, sir. It's always great being with you. It really is. Thank you. And uh, yeah, to put it in perspective, this funeral this morning, it's really going to be a celebration of Joe and Gino's life. He's a great guy. He was a decorated uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, uh, he was at every veterans event I ever saw. Uh, he was a great advocate for veterans. And he had a tough uh, 18-month battle with cancer and never once complained. Yeah. <laughs> again, he's a great guy. Uh, he's the type of guy that you know all America should be based on. But again, it's a celebration. It's not sorrow. His family will be here. Hundreds and hundreds of friends. You know, just a great guy kind of guy you would have
1: loved. Uh, What a special day, too, Peter, when you think about it, today being the 81-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. 81 years ago today, folks, 1944, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. So I know, of course, he, he fought many, many years later, Vietnam, not World War II, but kind of a very significant day for your friend Joe to have this funeral. Maybe you'll make that point, maybe you won't, but a very significant day.
0: No, I was going to make that point, and you're right though. And again, you know, we should never ever forget our veterans. That's what, you know, like the, the work that Frank Silla does and uh, others is just so important because you know we go about our lives, we complain about day to day things going wrong, we uh, you know bitch and moan about stuff. The fact is, those people are on the front lines. They put their lives uh, again at, at at risk for us. Some of them die in the battlefield. Some get wounded. Some have injuries that plague them later on in life. You know, different illnesses that they uh, caught. So, any event. It should be a, really a, a day of celebration for Joe's life, and again, so many other veterans like him that we should ever, you know, never ever forget. They are they are what makes us what we are. Why we're able to have radio shows like yours. Yep. Why we're able to have guys like Lee Zeldin run for office because of the great work done by our veterans.
1: Yeah, and even guys like Aaron Judge make $360 million to play baseball. I mean, geez. Or Jacob DeGrom to get $300 million to never pitch. But on a <laughs> – you brought up Lee Zeldin. I know you listen all morning long. He was on yeah. about an hour ago, and I really thought Lee was going to tell me, listen, Sid, RNC chair, it's going to be me. Not only did he not say that, he said the fix is in. It's pre-baked. It's predetermined. I can't get it. Were you surprised to hear that like I was?
0: Yeah, I was. Even To be honest with you, I, I think it's best for Lee that, again, it would be a great sacrifice for Lee to make. I just think he can go so far in politics. You become a Republican national chairman. You get bogged down there. Uh, you're really working for other people. And Lee is such an independent-minded guy. I think he'd be uh, better advised to stay in uh, elective politics. But, again, he's a dedicated guy. I think he really wanted it. He would have gone for it if there was a chance. He says pre baked, I don't know all the details behind it. You know, a lot of these things become inside clubs, and the fact is Republican National Committee does need a shakeup. I mean, there's no reason why, for instance, we won four congressional seats on Long Island, but nationwide, Republican Party did almost nothing. I mean, yeah. uh, yep. uh, several years ago in New York, there was one Republican Congress, it was me, it was 27 to 1. Now we have Jeez. 11 members of Congress, and this is a blue state, and we were able to win. These other states, there's no reason why we shouldn't have gotten more seats. Yep. The message wasn't there. I think all he did was be negative. As Lee said, it was anti Joe Biden. I figured Biden is so bad, people have to vote Republican. Well, he is bad, but they wanted an alternative from us, and we really didn't give it. I think Lee would have been, or still would be, if he wants it, if, if he gets it, Republican National Chairman. But I just think there's so many other opportunities for Lee in elective office, whether it's Suffolk County Executive, whether it's running statewide again, again, uh, you know, one, uh, one more time to me, uh, or many more times. Uh, he's just, a, uh, again, a first-class talent, and we need guys like him.
1: By the way, six council seats, too. Ari Kagan announcing yesterday he's going to run as a Republican, which is a cowardly way to do it because he knows he could probably lose to Justin Brannon has a better chance of winning on the other side, even though my friend Michael Ragusa is going to primary him. But uh, six council seats, too. The Republicans really did farewell in New York this year, as Frank Marano points out. Let me get to Trump. Uh, you're out there with Bo Deedle and others, uh, even Alan Dershowitz, uh, who's not a Trump fan, but he said the same thing this morning. I'm not sure that Trump has done anything really horrible. In fact, I am sure he has not. He has not. But when you add up all these things, right, perception sometimes more important than reality. When you add up January 6th and Mar-a-Lago, now his company guilty of 17 counts of fraud, him talking about ripping up the Constitution, he didn't mean it, I know that, but he said it. Uh, Sitting down with Kanye West, forget about Fuentes, sitting down with Kanye West. When you add all these things up, Seems to me like Donald Trump is having a terrible, terrible month.
0: No? Yeah, he is. And so many of them are self-inflicted wounds. Like, as far as, you know, the prosecution uh, by Alvin Bragg, I wish Bragg spent more time going after real criminals and protecting the the people of New York. Which, by the the way, Donald
1: Trump did say on a Truth Social, and I agree with you, and I agree with Donald Trump. This is clearly a witch hunt. They're clearly after him. They've got more important stuff to do. But how many bullets can Trump take?
0: Well, I said And that's why it's so important for his sake that he not you know, be shooting himself at the same time. He has real enemies. He's not paranoid. There are people out to get him. No one's ever been attacked. No president's ever been attacked like Donald Trump coming from all all sides and primarily the progressive, the media, uh, you know, the inside people. They can't stand Donald Trump. They're going to be coming at him, looking for every possible mistake, every every lie they can come up with. So he shouldn't be giving them more ammunition to use against him. And Again, it's, sometimes he just seems to be oblivious to what it means to be sitting down, for instance, with Kanye West and other things he said over the years that can really build up. So he's only making it tougher for himself. And as far as yesterday, he w- he would be in a much better position to fight back against that if he always also wasn't defending himself about the Kanye West allegations and the other guy and uh, how he's going to tear up the Constitution. I agree with you. I, I, obviously, he's not going to tear up the Constitution, right. But he says these things, and part of it is. He's used to I think dealing with right now a small circle of people around him who encourage everything he says. He's got to get a more rounded group of advisors and people to talk to, and not just people who go to Miralago, tell him how wonderful he is.
1: Right, I mean, 2016, all that stuff was cool. Right, it was refreshing. It was new. It was exciting. But now, with the country in really big trouble, Joe Biden doing a horrendous job. I mean, no one can really compare Biden to Trump in terms of presidency. Trump a, a million times better, a billion times better. But with the country in so much trouble right now, I don't think that the American people have the patience or the appetite for some of the shenanigans that Trump used in his favor in 2016, eight years later. Is that fair to say?
0: Yes, it is. I mean, he was a diversion. He was something different. He was shaking things up. Well, the fact is, he's been you know, president for four years. He was there for four years. He's no longer the outsider. And he has to, I think, show more statesmanship, show more sense of responsibility. And people are worn out. They're worn out by what Biden is doing. But then if they look, oh, my God, it's going to be another back and forth every day between now and Election Day, you know, with Donald Trump. I mean, just, just really, in, in the last few weeks, at all the issues in the world, we're talking about Kanye West. with. Talking about the Constitution. We're talking about this trial in the city, which, by the way, I'm not, I don't know all the facts. I'm like Dershowitz in some way on that, on this, but following it generally, I'm wondering if you targeted almost any big corporation in New York and you went after them and you went through every record they have, if you couldn't come up with uh, an indictment to be used against them. I mean, this is uh, just by the nature of it, you can do things unknowingly, unwittingly, airlessly, which are almost never charged as being crimes. And, again, when you think of all the years that they're talking about this happened, the total loss is really minimal. And even, you know, the the only fine here is going to be a million and a half dollars. That's the only consequence of this. But it was to get Donald Trump to stigmatize him, to criminalize him, and he just plays into their hands. I mean, if over the last month you've been doing positive work, this judgment by the court yesterday, by the jury, would look like a bad thing. But now it just— sort of rolls in, you know, rolls along with all the other yeah. allegations. Yeah, it's again. cumulative. So he, cumulative. you really got to straighten out.
1: I agree. It's cumulative. All these things add up. And I'm, I'm fearful of that because I know you kind of, you've gone the other way, and I respect you for that. I haven't. I would vote for Donald Trump right now, despite what these idiots say on social media, what they call a station. I've only said it a billion times. I would vote for Donald Trump right now, but he's so stupid sometimes that he, it's, it's like he's trying to sabotage his own run, and that frustrates and scares the hell out of me. Georgia, his guy, Herschel Walker, at least he was his guy. Then he found out that Herschel probably wasn't going to win, so he distanced himself. Right. I mean, he's so, he's so predictable, Trump. But uh, Walker loses 51-49 for the Democrats now in the Senate. What does that mean, Pete King?
0: It's bad. Uh, It's not the end of the world, but the fact is now uh, with 51-49, the Democrats don't have to split the committees with Republicans. They get the subpoena power. And uh, just going toward 2024, it's one extra seat they have when it comes to control of the Senate. But it also just unfortunately sort of creates this momentum. We should never lose in a state like Georgia. I mean, I think Brian Kemp, the governor, he won by eight, nine points. He beat Stacey Abrams who uh, still thinks she got robbed back in 2018. Uh, I mean, but he was able to win. And she was a prominent Democrat, a load of money behind her. And Brian Kemp won it. He was a a mainstream Republican. And he had to also fight off Donald Trump the last few years. I mean, uh, it can't be dividing the party. So I think, hopefully, though, uh, we can get ourselves together now and go forward. Uh, There's so many key issues out there. You know, as Lee was saying, I mean, the situation in New York, is uh, really indicative of what's going on in other parts of the country. We were able to fight back here in New York. We almost made it, but we've made tremendous inroads, and that's what we have to continue to do.
1: Let me ask you about uh, Mayor Eric Adams. He was on with me yesterday, and people claim he's my new best friend. That's fine. I could deal with that. Being in front the mayor is not a bad thing, especially if you want the Republican side heard, which I provide for these folks. They should appreciate that every time I talk to Eric. But um, his plan, his initiative to get the homeless off the streets when I said to him yesterday, some of this is pie in the sky, I thought it was great. He didn't argue. He said, yeah, but most plans start as pie in the sky. What do you think about uh, his plan and his response on this show yesterday?
0: Yeah, that was a good interview. And uh, listen, I'm I'm one of those people who feels that while I may not agree with Eric Adams on everything, he's the only one out there I see, certainly in the Democratic Party, and it is a Democratic city. He's the only one who was saying the right things. He does have the uh, experience as a, a, a cop over the years. And, uh, you know, look at his enemies, too. I mean, people who are attacking you, they don't realize that the progressives, the AOC wing in the party, is attacking Eric Adams every day. No, I think, listen, uh, his idea, as far as getting the mentally ill off the streets, is important. How it's implemented, that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of uh, uh, you know, uh, preparation. But he's starting it. And as he was saying, uh, maybe it's pie in the sky. you got to start somewhere. So I, I give him credit for that. And I just wish the people who are constantly Trying to criticize someone would realize. Hey, wait a minute! This is what we want him to do. He says he's going to do it. Let's work with him to get it done. You know, don't just sit back and attack him or attack Sid. It's there's too much negativity here. I mean, listen. I could think of uh, a million terrible things I could say about you, Sid, but I don't do it. You <laughs> know? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> no, you know, saved I those for uh, dinner in that.
1: front of Danielle, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> The <laughs> last one, one of the reasons why you're the best interview on this station and one of the best guests and co-hosts on this station is your range, Pete. You are, You have a million interests. You can talk about a million things. I love that about you. And one of the things you and I have in common is we're both huge New York Met fans. Jacob deGrom goes to Texas. See ya. And we get the reigning Young Award winner, Justin Verlander, for the next two years uh, people are saying whoa that's a lot of money he's 39 years old 90 million dollars blah 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 i think it's a great signing what about you
0: yeah listen he stays healthy it is gonna be a great signing he looked great last year at 18 and four uh he was just uh phenomenal uh listen i i like jacob degram i wish he had stayed but uh listen that, that's life and it shows up, a guy like steve Cohen. i mean guy that you know uh it was like Matter of minutes, Degrom is gone, Verlander is in. <laughs> yeah. That is so important, I think, for the morale of the team. And again, Verlander is one of the all-time great, great uh, uh, pitchers. Maybe you can get Kate Upton to come on the show with you, and uh, <laughs> you know, talk about baseball. And uh, no, no, but I mean, really, it's just a. Uh, it, it shows the spirit and the drive that Steve Cohen has. He's willing to put his money where his mouth is and that the Mets, uh, this isn't like when Tom Seaver left and they went through no. 10 years of going nowhere. Right. I mean, this is Steve Cohen wants to win. And also, let's be realistic. The Mets won 101 games last year, and uh, Jacob DeGrom only won five. So, uh, you know, they would have won at least 96 without him. So, uh, no, they are in great shape, and uh, I think if they can just get a you know a couple of middle relievers in there, and I, I hope they resign sign Brandon Nemo. I don't know where that's going. I, I really would say.
1: Yeah, I'd like, I mean, I like to keep him, too. I, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you where it's going. Stoling Marte has already said, I'll play center field if Nemo's not here. So it sounds like he's not going to be here. Uh, on the way out, 30 more seconds to go, Pete. Uh, talk about your friend one more time, the eulogy, and what a brave and courageous soul he was.
0: Yeah, again, Joe was sick for a year and a half with deadly cancer. He knew he was going to die. He never once complained. I was talking to him just a few days before he died. You never would have known it. I mean, he was absolutely the most upbeat guy, positive guy. He was a 300-pound giant and just a great guy. So, anyway, we need more Joe and Ginos in the world and less of the people of Bishamona on social media.
1: <laughs> God, I love you. Hey, sorry and about your friend.
0: Unless you know, <laughs> people take the knee at games.
1: So. Oh, that one too, exactly. P. King, keep talking, man. You're the absolute best. I love you. And once again, sorry about your friend. Thank you, said. All right, take care. George V. I love George V. Today is a Yankee day. Not Mets with Judge Signing. You're right, George. Lafitte and I are Mets fans. So we leave the Yankees stuff to you and Justin Ellick and the rest of you guys. Congratulations. George V. is right. Red Apple Media Vice President. Nine years, $360 million. Aaron Judge stays with the Yankees. Thanks for listening, George. I love you. Fourth and final hour coming up. Sitting friends in the morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WAPC.